You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. If it's Tuesday, that can mean one thing. Dwayne Long joins us from the capital city of Ohio. Dwayne, how goes it? This area, all the way down to where you are, Dan, is, is starting in a winter without even bothering with fall. So I'm not happy. Yeah, it's a tad bit nerdly out there. We're going to talk about football here today. Just know that the basketball season also starts this evening. The Fighting Chris Holtmans host Akron at 6 p.m. Make sure you check that out. We will be there with bells on, but we're going to talk mostly about football today. First, Dwayne, you've had a few days now to soak in the win over Nebraska. 26-17 on the road. Lots of good, some concerns. Now that you've had a few days to put it in perspective, what do you think? I think what we're seeing, Dan, well, for one thing, we saw another pretty good defense. What was the one kid's name? Dooman? Jojo Dooman. That kid can play anywhere in the Big Ten. He's a starter. He is all over the field. He's smart. He runs. He's relentless. He's got a great football brain. Uh, that kid's just an outstanding football player and caused us all kinds of problems just by himself. He but, made uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba pay for his touchdown as well. Yeah, he is a really special football player, and he definitely had an impact on this game. I think it just Nebraska's all year. What you've been hearing is, you know, when you're not watching a Nebraska game, is just how the defense is keeping in them, keeping them in it. And the offense just can't get it done. And we, we, you know, we saw it again this week. So, uh, you know, we played a better team than we thought they were. There's no way that team should only have three wins. Uh, but, but again, I keep this ugly, ugly word that you just don't want associated with your football team is the word predictable. I think we've fallen into a pattern a predictability. We're trying to do the same things over and over again. You know, we got, we got a true freshman quarterback and I believe that we've, we've just gotten so tied to trying to keep it simple for him that we become predictable. When you take, take the plays we want to run and then you get enough film of us running those plays to get some idea when you add in down and distance of what we're going to do, I believe that that has really become a problem. And it's going to get worse 
as we go along because all of a sudden something we did not predict going into this season has happened is we're running into teams these last three plus the championship game we are getting ready to go through a meat grinder we are getting ready to prove ourselves right now starting this saturday because purdue is as hot as any team in the country they're coming off two outstanding wins they beat iowa at iowa that's a damn good offense uh, defense over there in Iowa. Purdue beat them. And they beat Michigan State. I watched this game. I don't know if any anybody else out there in Buckeye Nation did. I watched this game. Purdue was the better team over an undefeated Michigan State team. We're going to have to show ourselves. We are really going to prove ourselves these next few weeks. You're going to do a deep dive on the Purdue game here in a bit. But first... The offense still is ranked super high in most categories nationally. They've dominated against lesser opponents. But like you said, when they go up against a formidable defense, I'm not going to say they've struggled, but they haven't really been able to blow their doors off, even though it's kind of felt like we've gotten to that point and then not over the top. What do you make of that? Is that just inexperience on offense? Is that just going up against better teams? They just haven't been able to really put it together, a complete offensive effort against a good defense? Well, I, I think it is. It's a combination of things. One, we are not doing enough. We're not showing defenses enough. They can settle into a pattern, say we're pretty sure they're going to do this. We're pretty sure they're going to do that. And then they've got the personnel to make that, to, to do something about that. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's a problem, Dan. We cannot continue to be uh, – I mean, that's why you have a huddle. You go 10 yards off the line of scrimmage and you come up with a, a, a plan. You don't want the other team, the, the, the defense, to know what you're doing. Well, when they got a pretty good idea of what you're doing, they got a lot better chance of stopping you, especially if they've got the personnel to do so. We've got to break patterns. And here's another thing. Why did we stop running the football? This offensive line was blowing holes big enough to drive trucks through. And then we stopped running the football. I don't get that. Why are we putting so much on the shoulders of a true freshman quarterback? Let's stop doing that. Let's give the defense something better, something else to see. You know, if, if he's not the best back in the country, he's one of the top three. Let's let the kid run the football and just keep pounding him. It's a huge line. You're not you're, you're gaining two yards in in the first quarter. By the fourth quarter, you're gaining five. Just beat on these guys. We're, we we got to just break some patterns here, Dan. Yeah, I'm not saying this is anybody's fault, but to me, the difference in the offense now, and it was highlighted last night on Monday Night Football when Justin Fields, I thought, played pretty well. There's no threat of the quarterback run. I'm not saying C.J. Stroud should be running. I don't even know if he's good at running the football. I haven't seen it enough. But you need the threat of the quarterback run. That's one of the things that made Justin Fields so dangerous. You know, he did have a highlight run, I think, last week that was straight to Canton. But they had a third and two last night. And they ran a boot for him to sprint out and get three yards. And he's able to do that. He can get out of traffic and create off the run. CJ just is not creating enough. And I'm not sure if we can even look forward to that. He hasn't shown a proclivity to do it and they haven't asked him to do it. But when you get into the red zone and the field shrinks, you need another threat in there. And just to me, there's no threat of the quarterback run. 
a lot of people on the message boards are complaining that he isn't running it because he's been injured. He's being told not to run. That's the reason Henderson's getting keyed on so badly. Until they add the quarterback run in there or some other facet of the offense, it's just not going to be as explosive as it has in seasons past. Agree 100%. Sometimes it looks like there's this glass barrier and he could get five yards. What's he do? He throws it out of bounds. It, it's it's really kind of odd when you, when you think about it. Don't worry about You don't have to go, go uh, Justin Fields. You don't have to look like you're going to take it to the house when you cross the line of scrimmage. But so many times we've seen this kid throw the ball away, uh, force it into coverage for an incompletion. Even, uh, uh, you know, he hasn't been throwing interceptions. But if you look at it, he forced the ball in there. It's he's making the mistake once he breaks that pocket and not good things are going to happen and he could gain yardage. Just don't, don't, you can teach him just, you don't have to teach him not to run. What you tell him is get down. When you see somebody coming at you slide, giving up a a down, just throwing a down away, throwing the ball away because he's got this. It's almost like a fear of taking off and running and he looks like a decent enough athlete. No, he's not Justin Fields. Nobody's expecting him to be. But he needs to be told, tuck it and run when you see green. You see five yards, take that five yards. Don't throw it away. Don't force it into traffic. I understand you don't want to be the guy who plays <laughs> die, given the fact that Justin Fields may be the best quarterback that's ever played at Ohio State. And you saw last night, he's got a really long future in front of him in the league, but C.J. Shroud runs the ball just as well as Dwayne Haskins or better. And Haskins did it just enough to keep you honest. So it's got to be done by scheme if it's not done by pure athletic ability. They need another threat in the red zone. That's why they've gotten bogged down. I'm going to take a quick break. Come back. Purdue Chatter. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dwayne, Purdue, and I wasn't surprised to hear this last week on their broadcast, Purdue is like the upset special. They've got more wins against the top 15, I think, than any other team in history when they're unranked, partially because they've been a middling to bad Big Ten team, and a lot of Big Ten teams are ranked. But Purdue does some things very, very well. They are fifth in the nation in completion percentage. They are fourth in the nation in total completions. They are fourth in the nation in first downs picked up by the pass. I think you see a theme developing here. They are going to be able to move the ball in the air. They have one of the best receivers in the country in David Bell. That's a guy Ohio State offered. What scares you about Purdue? Is it the passing offense? Is it the history? You should certainly be thankful we are not headed to West Lafayette this weekend. What scares me is right now this team is on such a roll. They're finding ways to win. and The quarterback is playing as well as any quarterback in the country. He's playing very well. 
what I think is going to be our, the ace in the hole. This is a football team that is getting to the passer, number one in the country in, in quarterback sacks. We get to the quarterback. This is not the most mobile guy in the world. We still have just too many question marks in the defensive backfield, the back seven in general, in pass defense. We get a sack or it's, oh, what's getting ready to happen now? That's my biggest concern is if they can find a way to block us. I don't like because I believe that this Purdue team is the is the best team we're going to play the rest of the regular season because of the fact that they've got a really good quarterback, a quarterback that if he's got time, he's going to hurt you, and he's got a receiver that he can hurt you with. Now, and David Bell as a receiver is also ready to carry the load. If you look at his statistics, he plays best in big games against big opponents. He's making an NFL push here. But you nailed, to me, where Ohio State has to exploit Purdue. Ohio State tied with Marshall for most sacks in the country. Purdue is 96th in the country in sacks allowed. They don't do a good job protecting the passing. As an example, they are very pass-heavy. Ohio State has 85 first downs via the run and 137 via the pass. Like I said earlier, Purdue has 154 via the pass, but only 44 via the run. They are a pass-heavy team. If Ohio State's able to pin their ears back and get to the quarterback, I think that bodes very well. What does that mean to me? I would love to see Ohio State be very effective in the first quarter and get up 14-0 or score on their first two possessions. we got to put some pressure on Purdue and got to get them into obvious passing situations, and then our talent will take over. All right, Dwayne, another big thing happens tonight. The college football playoff is going to be announced. Ohio State was fifth last Tuesday. What do you believe the top four will be when it is revealed this evening? Well, I just think that, that Michigan State's going to drop below Ohio State and that's going to scroll up. Ohio State will be number four. Didn't do anything to uh, uh, to jump over anybody. You know, we're going to just see Michigan State will drop out and Ohio State will move in. That's all that's going to happen tonight. Yeah, so number one will be Georgia. Number two, we expect to be Bama, despite their narrow escape against LSU. Number three will be Oregon. Had a similarly impressive escape at Washington in the rain. And then Ohio State four. But it's clear Ohio State's schedule. And if they went out, they're going to be in the college football playoff. All goals remain intact, Bucknutters. We appreciate Dwayne stopping by. Have a good one. sports mixed with your pop culture along with humor and celebrity interviews your earbuds are enjoying the rich eisen show dan orlovsky are you still a Jaden daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy i think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one i think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft every quarterback in the nfl is accurate he's got the best on tape number two most transferable stuff to the nfl and then i think the third thing is pocket peace search for the rich eisen show on youtube or wherever you listen